Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Friday afternoon. Welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Who's that? Oh, the baby face Brian Haydad. Yeah. This is good. It's good. I, I don't agree, but we will. We don't have any choice in the matter, so we will move forward. It'll grow back fast. It will grow back fast. So, so when does it start growing back? Like, like I mean, today I haven't shaved. I thought you said you were gonna you were gonna have to shave at media days. You were, weren't gonna let it be all like scraggly. Nah, and nah, I mean, I'll just I'll tight I'll line it up. That's now we're gonna be scraggly. So, be so right. you're ready for it to grow back immediately. You you do not like the yes, baby I, face look. No delay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, let's be honest. T. Bob Bear is gonna be there. It'll be all right. What does that have to do with anything? I mean, no one's going to be looking at me going, look at that guy with T-Bobs running around. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm not sure that's your point of comparison that you're looking for anyway, is it? He's got the wild hair and the Hawaiian shirts. He'll draw all the attention. Uh, Nobody will be looking at me. I suppose. All right. I just think (laughs) you should stick with it. No, it's not not for me. Mrs. Haydad was not a fan either? Uh, she, She can go either way on that. She said I looked younger, but... You do look younger. Do you agree, Borky? Does he look absolutely, younger? yes. Um, I, I, I got the baby face going today. Does not look like the oldest member of this show anymore. Uh, second place. Really? With that face, it doesn't, doesn't look like the oldest right now. So I look older than Hey Dad you do. when he has his face shaped. Y- yeah, I think How so. About that? I mean, if if you, you just took a picture of his a face and said, "How old is this person?" And, you know. I don't think you'd land on his age. I I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Somebody last week told me they thought I was 32, and I was like, "You know that I have a 17 year old kid, right? You know that." Carry like, the one. And she just said, "I thought you started early." I was like, "15? I started at 15? No, I did not start yeah, at 15." Some do. Some do. Brian Haydad didn't. Yeah. No. I, no. No. Yeah, I would guess like late thirties, mid to late thirties with Haydad. Nice. If you just took that that face right now with that little half smile and said, "How old is this person?" Yeah, 
I've got friends that look older than than this version of him right now. Well, now I'm curious how old I look. I think 40's about right. Yeah. Okay. It's not a bad thing. It's just, you know. Yeah. There are people that look a heck of a lot worse than you who are 40. If that gives you any comfort. Well, I, mean, I know I'm, some I'm, of those people as I'm well. I'm two and a half years in the rearview mirror of 40. I mean, yeah. I'm closing in on 43, so mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. I just was curious once you, you went down that road. So how old does Michael Borky like- look? Hey, Dad. I mean, he still looks like he's between 29 and 31. He's somewhere in that that, that range. Yeah. It's the Which hair. I I need to get, I'm getting a haircut this weekend. Man, I need to just need get to cleaned up. Get some product in it, you know? Oh, I can't do product. Sharpen Every time I look. get my haircut. I, I, I can't either. But. And they don't ask, and they just put all that crap in their hands and then shove it in your hair. And it's just like... I didn't want this. Why didn't? And so now I got to go the rest of the day smelling they like this ask, crap. Yeah. And then when I go to wash it, it's like, I mean, it's 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 like waterproof. It's like you turn me into a duck. Like I dump my head underwater and it just falls right off. What well, is this? <laughs> That's actually really funny, um, because that means they're using way too much yeah. of it. Also, it drives me so crazy. Just, just a little dab goes a long way. Take a word for it. Yeah. Yeah, inflation uh, came Richard, for I, I haircuts. Like that, by the way, I know you, uh, Richard. I know you like that shirt you're wearing today a lot better than what you had to wear yesterday. Ah, uh, you know what? Yesterday was fun. A little, a little genteel. It was fun. A little genteel. Yes. Uh, probably should mention them several times today since uh, I had to wear all that other stuff yesterday. <laughs> you know, it was. Uh, hey, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. That's pearlriverresort.com. You also can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more at ceasefire.com. Slash business. So Tim and McGee says the reason for Haydad shaving deserves a lot of respect, in my opinion. But uh, that shows the type of man that he is. Yeah, we we were we were sitting at uh, what one hundred and forty seven thousand dollars with about an hour and twenty minutes left in the show, and everybody was well, not everybody. There there was lots of shaving of 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 hair going on. In different areas, it was and uh, a regular barber shop up in there. Hey, Dad said, "Well, I mean, I asked what it would take for him to shave his beard, and he's like, oh. I was like, how about three hundred thousand? He's like, sure. As soon as we hit it, jumped off to the bathroom. He did. He, in fact, one at one point, I looked up. I was like, where, where did? Oh, I bet he went to shave his beard. <laughs> that's ex- exactly yeah. what. That's where. I- yeah, it took longer you, to clean up the hair in the sink than it did to shave. It was crazy. You could have gone the route that Rhino did, where you just like dump it all on the floor right there in the middle of the room. Well, you know, I, I should, probably should have done that because as I was sitting there, and I, I after I was like three quarters of the way done, and I looked down and I realized how much hair was in the sink, and I was just like, "Oh, I can't leave that. I can't just because they're gonna know. Oh. They're gonna oh. know who did it." So I was like, let me get some paper towels here. The fact that even your initial plan was to leave it is is concerning. Well, I didn't even I just didn't I just didn't even think about it. Like I was just like maybe it'll just you know, they they have one of those things that where it's just not gonna go down the sink, big clump of hair, so Jeff in Potatok says, Hey Dad looks thirty five, Richard looks forty five, and Borky looks nineteen. 
I'll take that. Ah. I got carted at a um, uh, fresh market. <laughs> and I have, so I was buying a six pack and I did have my son with me. And I mean, he's three, soon to be four. So he's walking and talking as much as you can understand his language anyway. And yeah, I put the beer up, and, and she scans it. And this girl can't be a day over 16. I mean, it's like she turned 16, her parents said, you better go get a job. She is very clearly young and in high school. Mm-hmm. And she asked for my ID, and I said, I said, sure, no problem, but I'm surprised. And she said, well, you know, honestly, you don't really look 21 anyway. I like, oh, I've got, I've got a four-year-old right here. <laughs> really? I don't look 21 when, when I'm the, carrying around a toddler? Like, anyway. When I go to the bar and they card me, I always say, well, it's time to play my favorite game. Am I old enough to be your dad? And I usually win that <laughs> game. <laughs> mm. uh, hey, we big big thank you. Um, yesterday was yeah. a, a an incredibly special day. Um, first of all, thanks to our bosses, to uh, to Steve Davenport and, and Kim Dillon, who... Um, run our company, uh, for not only agreeing 11 years ago to attach our company to a, a charitable cause in Mississippi, but sticking with it. I mean, it, it's one thing to say, yeah, we're going to do some things, but, I mean, we're, we're over a decade now in this partnership with Palmer Home, and there's a lot of work that goes into it, and there are a lot of people that are involved, but without their, uh, their okay and their support, um, especially early on. Um, yesterday was incredibly smooth, thanks to uh, all the people behind the scenes, especially um, that, that work with us, and just everybody did a, a fantastic job. I, I do want to, yesterday, when I was thanking all of the people that, that work at TeleSouth, at, at Supertalk, that were kind of behind the scenes, I forgot to mention Cami. Um, Cami Martin does uh, a ton of work. She's off-site, and that's the reason that I kind of forgot, but had also done a lot of work in the uh, build-up to that. And so uh, another member of our team that did uh, did a lot of work getting ready for that. But then also to, to the, the Palmer Home staff, uh, you know, the folks that were answering phones, the folks that were handling the money tabulation and keeping up with everything and setting up interviews and on the air with us. And, and so those people need to be thanked as well. But... All of that is secondary to all of you who made yesterday what it was. Uh, when we shut things down at 6 o'clock last night, we were just shy of $370,000. Um, went about $25,000 past last year's number, which was a record at the time. And, and so um, your support of Palmer Home for Children continues to grow year after year after year. Um, we couldn't do it without you. And so to, to the individuals, to our listeners, to the listeners of the other shows, to the folks that never turn it off of Super Talk, uh, but also to the folks who were, were first-time donors. Um, one of those gifts that came in at the uh, the very end of the show yesterday was a buddy of Gerard's. And uh, first time he has ever donated. Didn't know anything about Palmer Home prior to yesterday. And, uh, and he called up, and he made a $10,000 donation at the end of the show, and that got us over the hump. And there was another $10,000 donation that came in at the end as well. So the, the, the size of the donation, though, doesn't matter. It's the fact that uh, you, you thought enough of, of Palmer Home and what we were doing and what we were supporting to say, yes, I will get on board with that. And, and so all of you 
who uh, participated yesterday from the bottom of our hearts. We thank you on behalf of uh, everybody at Palmer Home. It was a great day. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Last show before we head to SEC Media Days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Our SEC Media Days coverage is presented by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. And be sure to check out the collegiate collection, especially the Ole Miss and Mississippi State stuff that will have you looking your best at ball games this fall. So we're looking forward to it. It's always a fun time. And... Yeah, you know, we got some cliches rolled in, you know, the unofficial start to the college football season and all of that good stuff. I, I don't know if it is or it's not. You had Big 12, excuse me, you had Big 12 media days uh, a couple of days earlier this week. You got the Big 10 still coming up, but a lot of people really lock in at uh, for, for SEC media days. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is we're talking the 17th through the 20th. And when you get home from media days, you are two weeks away from the start of camp in Oxford and Starkville and Hattiesburg and across the country. And once camp starts, you are a month away from kickoff. And, and so you're talking, when we leave on Thursday, you're six weeks from the start of the football season. And that and it goes quick too because that's when like things are happening. So even though they're not playing games for that last month, I mean there's as goofy as it is, there's press conferences and stuff, there's practice reports, things are happening. Unfortunately, sometimes players get hurt yeah. or or you have players emerge or and starting quarterbacks get named and all this stuff just starts happening. Mix in preseason NFL football and their camps that go on as well and uh, man, it, it's exciting. I I will never, and we kind of talk like this every year. Like every year that I've been on this show, we've said something like this. People try to put down SEC media days, and it's always so goofy to me. Like you're not smarter than everybody else because you think a week of, here's football coaches and players talking about football is lame. You are lame if you think that is lame. This event rules, and... Like, even before I got to go to this, like, when I first started working here, I was fresh out of college and I was in sales. I didn't get to go to the event because I was in sales and it was your butt better sell. <laughs> but but I consumed all of it because I'm a football fan. And for four days, I got to hear you talk about football with football players and coaches and other people like you. I, I, the, the criticism of it, the disdain for it is so bizarre. It is a great week for you, the listener. I mean, I got an email today. Just Tony Barhart's going to join our show next week. It, you know, we're going to talk football with him for 15 minutes. It's just a guy that's been around for a long time talking football. If you don't enjoy that, then can you even call yourself a fan? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. <sighs> 
particularly understand, and we have had this conversation before, the the disdain. I mean, you, you got some people that go and roll their eyes and complain about being there, and, oh, it's a circus, and, oh, we don't get enough access. you got some people that complain because it's too much of a TV event and it's made for the SEC network and it's not what it used to be. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you don't get on a DC-11 and get sloppy drunk sitting in the back of an airplane going from site to site, school to school. Yeah, you know, people are like, well, you know, you've already seen everything and heard everything. You, okay, if you don't like it. If you don't like the content, then they ignore it. If you don't like being there, don't go. But for those of us who like college football, which certainly is the the three of us, and for those of you who like college football, which I honestly don't think many of you listen to this show if you don't like college football because I think it probably would be a waste of your time. There's a reason to be excited. Are we going to learn anything groundbreaking? <clears throat> nah, probably not. Who cares? It's the it, it's going to be the you 17th that, of July when we get there. Hey, that's stopping. I don't no, stop. No. No, I was, I was going to make a point is like you say we're not going to learn anything, but then two years ago we're just sitting there and all of a sudden Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to go back <laughs> farther than two years. <laughs> well, we learned nothing when he was around anyway. Oh, it's just oh, after he left. Oh, <laughs> I was, I, you literally, I was not even thinking about that. Okay. But now I am. Yeah. But seriously, we, this is the first time now. So, so Zach Ornette's been the head of the Mississippi State football program for six and a half months, mm-hmm. roughly. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to ask Stop players the for the Who am I paying? Hey, that not working today? I don't know who that is. Who is that? Oh, the the baby face Looks guy. Like a ten year old who just got spanked. <laughs> <laughs> who is that? I just got spanked. God, look at his hair. What's wrong with my hair? No, I don't think his hair has changed. I think it's just you recognize the hair more since there's no hair on his face anymore. He looks a hundred pounds lighter and everything. Gee. Who is that? That's well, not now, I, I, uh, I apparently like that. I like that is Brian Haydad. Well, I know who, I know who the guy is in the middle. I mean, gee, uh, <laughs> looks like he lost Sorry. his razor too. But, that, but that's the yeah. fashion statement. Mm. <laughs> Keep it a little scruffy. Hey, Steve looks good in his genteel shirt back there. Oh, oh, everybody yeah. looks good in genteel. Yeah, and I, it does look and good. Man, I'm, I'm telling you. See, I wondered if you're going to be convinced now to keep it like this. We got we got Haydad thinking a little. He's he's getting a little nervous now. Oh oh the, no I, no no. This okay, this is not for me. This is not for me. It looks good. Hey, but I appreciate hey, the thank, compliments though. I want to thank all y'all for what you did yesterday. That's a great deal. Been listening to y'all, and uh, I really didn't know uh, Borky was 19, but. <laughs> <laughs> we damn sure ain't paying him like he's 19. <laughs> That's good stuff. It's an entry-level job, Borky. Seven twenty-five an hour works for you, right? You guys are getting paid? <laughs> um, no regrets. Yeah. But uh, uh, that, was, that was the, for those of you that didn't recognize the voice, that was the boss. That was all of our bosses, every person you've ever heard on this station. That That is, yeah, that is the boss. But So, Zach Arnett's been the, the head of Mississippi State's program for six and a half months. We're going to get to hear from his players for the first time, hey, what's the difference? 
you know, uh, uh, Mike Leach tragically passes away. Zach Arnett takes the reins. You know, what's he like as a head coach? Is it any different than him as a defense coordinator? That's interesting. And then it's to a lesser degree, but you have two old Miss defenders there. Hey, what's Pete Golding like? You never get to hear from Pete Golding at Alabama, and you yeah. won't at Ole Miss because Lane has adopted that policy. <laughs> but you at least get to find out get, from get his players. From one, once or twice in the preseason. Yeah. And, and yeah. then you won't hear from him again then, until the postseason. The other side of that coin is we get to hear from Quinshawn Judkins and Will Rogers, yeah, the two best offensive players in the state of Mississippi this year. Two guys who are going to you know go head-to-head and be the favorites to win the Connerly Trophy at the end of the season. And they both have a lot of questions they have to answer about themselves. Can Judkins do it again? Can Rodgers thrive in a new system? You know, we're going to ask them those questions. Not to mention anybody. For, not not to mention the fashion very, questions. Hey, hey, Dad. There's a fashion oh, question. I, I got one for you. I got one for you. You ready? Uh, okay. True right, sure. or false? Mm-hmm. Zach Arnett will be wearing cowboy boots at SEC Media Days. It's, it, I, I would lean towards true, but you never know. He might—he just might be in a suit and with with some, you know, some dress shoes on or, or whatever the, the the more casual term for dress shoes is. I, I think he's know. a boots guy, though. He might be. He might be. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't have any inside information. You've hit on a sore subject of mine too. That Borky and I agree a hundred percent. Like the too cool for school media people who hate on SEC media days can't stand them. Cannot stand you. And and we'll tell you to your face, I don't like you. It's like how we, we get to sit in an air conditioned building for a few hours a day and then talk about football and then when you know when the when the quitting time whistle blows, we all hit the bar and the steakhouses. What am I not supposed to like about SEC Media Days? Like what 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 I could be doing a lot of other things, I promise you. I've done them. I don't want to do them again. I'd much rather just sit in the room with you guys. And talk football. People who don't like SEC Media Days who are in the media, you're dumb. Long story short, next week's going to be awesome. I mean, I, I sat it down is. last night and, and kind of laid out of, not a plan, because it's hard to plan, but just mm-hmm. kind of like a wish list of things we want to do, things we should do, that the kind of video I want to take, that kind of stuff, just laying it out. This is going to be fun what, for, not us, a, well, it will be fun for us, but... For our audience, was get Richard to eat a stupid, stupidly hot piece of hot chicken on your list? Because that's on my list. It's not, but it can like be. Like Prince's, the highest, highest thing they've got. I like. Will that. He oh, do? I, I'm, I down, I'm down to do that for content. If you, if you're down, I'm. I'm we so should do it. We should go down there and get a, do the challenge. Just each get I'm a in. tender and see what happens. Hundred percent. I'm in. Um, Greg Sankey. thinking about it. <laughs> oh no, I like <laughs> hot chicken. He can fill if you don't want to. All right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Monday, Greg Sankey, LSU, Missouri, and Texas A&M. We'll see Mississippi State there on Tuesday. Ole Miss will be there on Thursday. Let's talk some storylines when we come back for the 2023 college football season. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi.
I don't know that it really merits a lot of conversation because it's just kind of like the story is the story. But the lead story on ESPN.com right now is about Jim Ursay and his collection of sports memorabilia and historic artifacts. And it's just really interesting. He, he recently won, well, bought in an auction that lasted into the wee hours of the morning the title belt that Muhammad Ali got when he beat George Foreman in Zaire. It spent over oh, wow. $6 million on it. But it talks about a lot of the items in his collection. And again, I don't know that it's necessarily anything worth talking about here. I, I will tell you that he has turned down an offer for his entire collection of just stuff, artifacts. Includes a piano that John Lennon played, the the bass drum that said the Beatles on it that was used on the, the Ed Sullivan show, etc., etc., etc. Had an offer from a Mideast investor for $1.5 billion, and he said no. He said, one, it's priceless, and two, it's not about the money. So, uh, fascinating read, though, if uh, if you're looking for something over the weekend with uh, sports kind of starting to pick back up a little bit. Major League Baseball starts back tonight. We mentioned SEC Media Days on Monday. you got the Open Championship next week. Um, we're, we're getting closer, and uh, there's some, some interesting stuff happening. So, the, the rundown in, on who's coming when at Media Days, I started that as we were running out of time with the break. Greg Sankey will speak uh, about lunchtime on Monday. Then it's LSU, Missouri, and Texas A&M. On Tuesday, you get Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. Wednesday, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky. And then on Thursday, final day, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and South Carolina. So Strategy there, having Tennessee and Nashville on the last day. Kind of keeps people around, doesn't it? Yeah. Keep it a yeah. bunch of people yeah. around, yeah. So, so there's some storylines. What we think the biggest storyline is for each team as they roll toward SEC media days. So it is year two for Brian Kelly and LSU. They have a returning starting quarterback. They won the SEC West in the first season that Brian Kelly was the head coach. It wasn't an undefeated team. They weren't a team that was really in the conversation for the playoff. So what's the the number one storyline in your mind for LSU this year? It, it, it obviously you know you, when you talk about repeating that, that that's people that's just too it's too simple it's too basic you know it, it it's more about can they supplant Alabama atop the West has the is the as Brian Kelly you know he was at Notre Dame all those years and he made them really really competitive and they could get to the playoff but they could never do anything now that he's at LSU a school where you can go talent for talent with Alabama and Georgia. Has LSU found a coach that can elevate that program to where it was under Saban and for a time under Miles? And for a year under Ed Ogeron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you can't be dismissive of that when we're talking oh, no, about no, no, what, no, one not, of the three not, or four best teams in the history of the game. Not dismissive of that team, but that program at that time, that was obviously a huge outlier. Yeah. So, so you're talking about sustainability at the top of the mountain in the West? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
not taking the place of Alabama, but this year can really make it feel that way, right? Uh, narratives will be said for sure. If they can repeat on top, then then you'll some sweating will go on in Tuscaloosa. Maybe not Nick Saban's office, but the the fans around the program will be wondering if uh, the boats have quietly passed each other in in the night. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is wide receiver a, a question or not? Because I know. No. Th- See, isn't that the dangest thing, the darnest thing or whatever, that LSU can just not worry about anything, it feels like? But they don't have a star running back. It's true. No, I heard somebody talking the other day that they kind of like the depth at running back, but that's not the same thing as having Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Um, Yeah. Does LSU have the best player on offense and the best player on defense in the entire country on the same roster? So I, I, I Did think Marvin that, Harrison Jr. transfer there. Hold, hold, just, just hold, stick with me for a second. Just, just stick with the me for a second. No. But it, you know, is there another team that could even make the argument that they have the best player on both sides of the ball on its roster? Because Jaden Daniels, possibly. Harold Perkins, possibly. Just I'm just throwing out there as Perkins, a possibility. I'll, I'll grant you Perkins. No way Daniels is the best. Daniels might not even be the best quarterback in the conference, let alone the best offensive player in college football. Well, I think I agree with you on that point, but it's also possible he wins a Heisman Trophy. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, if they win the West again and go 11-1, and one, then yeah, it's possible. Very true. Which, I guess, in fairness, doesn't necessarily make him the best offensive player in the country. But it would be an award for the most outstanding player in the country. If he won the Heisman Trophy and Harold Perkins was the National Defensive Player of the Year, would you then see that they had the best offensive player and the best defensive player in the country? Or you would still say, nah, it's not necessarily what the Heisman means. I mean, I gotta see other people's stats and stuff. You know, I, I, I don't know that I would totally concede. I mean, you'd have a much stronger argument though. You'd have a much stronger argument there than you have right this second. Yeah. You didn't have to look at me like I had three eyes when I made the statement. I, I'm just kind of that's a bold statement. He's not the best quarter. Oh, oh, here's a bold statement. Here's your hot take for a Friday that I'm probably not yeah, prepared to defend. To He's not the best quarterback in his own state. Ooh. Michael Pratt. I thought you were going to say he's not the best quarterback in his own room. Oh, see, I've seen people say that, and it's like, let's see Nussmeyer take a meaningful snap first before. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, I disagree. Jaden Daniels is better than Michael Pratt. By Mm -hmm. a pretty significant amount. Better athlete. Better at playing quarterback. Man, he was healthy last year. We saw what a healthy Jaden Daniels did. We saw him healthy as a freshman. He was not healthy his next two years at Arizona. Arizona? State. Arizona State. Sorry. Thank you. Um, He was healthy last year. Chad's really, really good when he's healthy. Hmm. That is a hot take, Borky. That, that's uh, that. That is. What about Missouri? 
Storyline for Missouri. If you're really wanting to find one, it's can you can you start to to look like a team? There's not. It's not about winning the East right now, right? If you're Missouri, Georgia owns the East. Tennessee is knocking on the door, but they're not there yet. So, can you be third? Can you be the third best program in the East? The last couple of years, the third best team in the East has been sort of a surprise. You know, two years ago, Kentucky came out of really sort of out of nowhere and won ten games. Last year, it was South Carolina. Can Missouri be that team this year? My question is, I don't know if it's a storyline, but what are you? Or, better phrased, what do you think you are and what do you want to be? Because... I'll do you one better. Why are you? They fired Barry Odom, remember. And he certainly wasn't bad there. Not great, but he wasn't bad. You have gotten identical results. Worse, slightly. And not only are you okay with that, five and five, six and seven, six and seven, last three years. And Barry Odom was a six and six coach. Well, that was his worst year, right? I think. Yeah, he went six and six in nineteen. His last season, he was eight and five and eighteen. You're two games below five hundred, and you gave the guy a what two million dollar raise and a contract extension mm-hmm. after he has a losing record. What are you? Are you a program that wants to be competitive in the SEC? Because make your jokes about Ole Miss giving Lane Kiffin a raise. They won eight games in the regular season after winning ten the year before. Guy has a losing record at Missouri. Nobody at all was coming to get him, and you gave him a multi-million dollar raise in contract extension. Why? Why'd you fire Barry Odom at that point? And I would offer up one thing in defense of, of Missouri last year. So they go six and seven. And at times looked awful. And yet, when you look at their league market three and five, they lost by a touchdown or less in four of their five SEC losses. They were in a bunch of games. And if they flip two of those, then, I mean, we're talking, I think, differently about Missouri. I think. I'm still not sure anybody really cares, which is sad. But we're talking about them differently. We'll be back. Yeah. I listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Hey guys, I made a new friend today. Maybe I should just say I made a friend today. So I, I dropped off lunch for Jane at the store, and um, there was a lady in there, and we were talking, and she looked at Jane, and she goes, is this, this your husband? She was like, yeah, this is Richard. She goes, my husband, listen, I have to... My husband listens to your show every day. I said, you have to listen to it every She goes, if we go somewhere, the radio is not changing until 6 o'clock. <laughs> I said, 
Sorry. I like I that said, lady. I'm sorry about it. She's like, no, no, I like listening to you guys, too. Y'all, y'all make me laugh. Uh, so, Marianne, um, it was nice to meet you today. I appreciate you listening, even if you have to. And uh, to Marianne's husband, thanks for being a loyal listener. We're, uh, we're glad to have you along for the ride. Um, we, we, we snapped a picture while she was in the store, so that was, uh, that was fun. Um, so, yeah, yeah. hey, I, I, I know you guys know I don't or think I don't have many friends, so just thought I'd let you know I made a friend today. Thought hey, Dad would get a kick out of that. Maybe not. Uh, I, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear we have loyal listeners, I'll tell you that. Hey, rapid fire. Rapid fire. Best mm-hmm. band in the SEC. LSU. Who's got the, LSU? Okay. Mm-hmm. It depends on... Ah, no the qualifiers. Just that's ah, but, but it depends on what your definition of best because ah. technically sound, it's probably ah. Texas A and M. Just say it. But it depends. Which one would I rather have? LSU's. Which one does more impressive things? Texas A and M. I say rapid science fire. I say, kid Give me the over best here. band in there, and he wants to like okay, put together they, a hypothesis. This is a three-hour audio like I had more questions. I promise. A three-hour audio platform, and you want a one-word answer? Yeah, yes, that'll fill yes, up time. Yes, yes, for three this. Yes, for this idea. That wasn't even a word. Wasn't It wasn't even a word. You could have just said four notes, and I would have known what you were talking about. You could have gone down to oh, yeah. gone down to, to two words if you'd wanted to. Um, who is the off-the-radar contender for best band in the SEC? Auburn. Auburn. I will accept Auburn both of those band. answers. I would also have accepted Arkansas. Arkansas. I, I, they don't come to state very often, so I don't see them very often. Yeah. Arkansas, underrated, really good band in the SEC. I but yeah, no, band doesn't come. The team comes every other year. Yeah, sure. Um, best live mascot in the SEC. Ed Orgeron. Mike the Tiger. <laughs> hey. Ah. Same, same deal, Mike the Tiger. Yeah, yes, yes. Gotta best be a Tiger. Deal. I think so. I think. What are your other options? Tusk? Tusk is not oh the oh the hog I thought I was thinking of the elephant they're like they don't have an elephant they should uh, they really they should. should spirit yeah eagles are cool the eagle that's cool but I don't know if that's really the mascot though sir big spur I mean it's just a chicken it's just a chicken no I mean I know Smoky. I know he's not a mascot but oldish should lean into the labs it's not Uga. labs are cool it's not Uga. Uh, Embrace it. Labs are awesome. Get a get a fleet of labs, all different colors, and then partner with a uh, service dog charity and make that what you have around your sporting events. It's so simple, Ole Miss. Nobody can make fun of a lab. Labs are the coolest. So just lean into that. But that's well, not or, number one. Or you could have leaned in, completely leaned into the shark, and my idea several years ago was that you turned – the north end zone into an aquarium, and then put stands on top of the go. aquarium, and and like yeah. you quite literally had a glass front that could be covered, but could also be open where you saw sharks swimming from inside the stadium. Hey, Richard, we finally got a retweet from Dakota Jordan. Says you look good. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. 
That wasn't his jersey, though. It wasn't, but I, I, I mentioned him because he got the he was the one who got the hit that won the the game that mattered. Yes, yes. I actually had to do some things. Like, why did he tag him in that? Like, he, he doesn't wear this though. Yeah. I was like, oh, he had, oh, he had the walk I, I remember. I, I remember why he yeah. tagged him. Um, <laughs> best on field non live mascot in the SEC. Cocky. Albie. Albie oh, is the answer good. that I will accept. Cocky's pretty good though. Cocky's good. I, like I don't like when he does the thing where he like moves his beaks to the side though. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like Al be Gator is real. pretty good too. Al's good. Yeah. Okay. That, that was just the uh, the rapid fire that I had. All right. Storyline for Texas A and M. Will Jimbo relinquish control? If so, simple as that. Offensively, as that. they're going to be good. Petrino's a dirtbag who can really coach offense. That's the correct answer. Yes, in the micro. I would say at a macro level, it's a um oh, I got to come up with a better way to describe this. I mean, there's like the, like the bathroom terminology about using the restroom or moving on. Yeah. You, you know the one I I don't think I need to be any more yeah. graphic than that. After 5 years it feels like this is that year for Jimbo. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888 8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Message on the ceasefire text line that said Bevo is the best, uh, the best mascot. Uh, that might be true, but he's not eligible yet. He, he, he is, uh, he's got uh, a waiting, uh, a waiting period for one more year. Big Twelve Media Days got a little bit spicy. It's almost like your mark, right? Is his last name the commissioner, the new commissioner? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, your mark. Told all the coaches, hey, take some shots. Let's have some fun. It's like every coach that went up there took a shot at either the Big Ten, the SEC, television stuff. I mean, all of them had something to say about somebody else that wasn't them. It was odd. Like, pointed. It, it felt rehearsed. Has has the Big 12 turned into the scrappy underdog that you better not underestimate? I think so. And, and I actually we'll kind of mean out. that we'll, as a we'll, compliment. We'll, we'll get the answer to that question in week two. When we get Texas and Alabama. Texas is coming to the SEC. Yeah, but I'm talking about just for the, I'm talking about overall. I thought you meant like just for this year. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean in terms oh. of taking on a personality as a league. Like, kind of, kind of just turned into a, it's going to be a solid league. They'll fight anybody, and they'll fight anybody anywhere. They don't have the same resources that the groups above them have, but they got enough. They're they're more like a little dog with a big bark to me. Ooh, I mean TCU. 
TCU was a fun story last year, and then they ran into a real big dog, and you saw what happened. Yeah, but I don't think judging the entire conference on TCU getting smoked by Georgia in the title but, I mean, game. Kansas State got smoked by Alabama. I mean, who in the Big 12 can go to, especially once Oklahoma and Texas leave, who in the Big 12 can go toe-to-toe with the top teams? Is that what but, it's about, though? But we're arguing something different. No, no, it, it mean, certainly makes sense for fun college football. But if we're going to talk about them being, you know, the, the, some team you don't want to mess with, well, yeah, you kind of do want to mess with them. Well, which is kind of why I said, okay, the scrappy underdog that you just better be careful with. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny how so much has changed, and yet they kind of survived it. And you would think that they wouldn't, right? You know the SEC is going to survive. Greg Sankey's going to brag like crazy on Monday. Uh, he'll do it in his very monotone, you know, quoting authors that wrote books in 1812 or whatever. Uh, but he's going to brag like crazy because he's got the most reason to. Big Ten, once they do damage control, Northwestern's probably going to do the same thing. But when you consider the, the brands that have left the Big 12 and where they sit today, they're viable, they're competitive, they're interesting. And I said it felt rehearsed earlier, but they were kind of fun when they did their media thing. Gus and his salt and pepper hair was a little spicy. Sonny Dykes was a little spicy. Mike Gundy's always going to do his thing. If you're just a college football fan, you've got something fun here that's not just your team or the SEC all the time. The Big 12 is interesting and fun, and so it's good for the sport that, that they have survived getting what you thought was decimated by realignment. I mean, think about what we said about the Big 12 two years ago when it was announced that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Well, they're done. Can't survive that. They're your only brands. And instead, instead it's more the Pac-12 is crumbling, the ACC is insanely jealous, and the Big 12 is stabilized. And they have become comfortable. The Big 12 is the conference outside of the SEC and the Big 10 that looks most comfortable in its own skin. They're comfortable with who they are. Doesn't mean that they're not upwardly mobile. Doesn't mean that they don't want to be the, the biggest kid on the block. But but they don't have this like constant inferiority complex either. Which it feels like the ACC and the, the Pac-12 both have. Mm-hmm. Sports Talk Mississippi with you coming from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can book your tee time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. We'd love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge. And uh, with uh, gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, learn more at ceasefire.com slash business. We were talking storylines for teams in the SEC. Maybe we ought to pick up the pace just a little bit. We made it through the uh, the first day. What about Auburn? They're going to be the one of the, the first two teams on Tuesday. Biggest storyline for Auburn, year one. Hugh Freeze, year one. I mean, that's it, right? It's all the focus is going to be on Hugh. I mean, the, the easy and the obvious is quarterbacks aside from that. But Hugh Freeze will be walking around in SEC media days again 
um, years now after he filibustered on stage with even a planted question to avoid taking any because he he knew that the hammer was coming and he wasn't going to have a job but still walked around there and did the media stuff and and then resigned shortly thereafter. It's his first time back. And the media is going to treat him with kid gloves, but you'd be crazy if you think it's not going to be at least a little bit odd. Odd in the sense that it's like, oh, he really is back in the SEC. John Cohen really did that. But... Beyond that, I don't know. I think it'll just be kind of business as usual. Auburn's storyline beyond freeze, the actual on-the-field stuff is, who are your playmakers? Who are they? The average college football fan, people who watch SEC football on a week-in, week-out basis, can you name three Auburn players? It's Auburn. I mean, it's a good program. They have stars. They have tradition. Where are their guys? For Georgia, is it as simple as will they do it again? How do you replace Stetson Bennett, the the legacy of Stetson Bennett? It's it's about can you do it again with a quarterback who, who has never proven anything? No. Well, and people are comparing Kirby Smart to Nick Saban. He he did just win back-to-back national championships. But the thing that makes Nick Saban great is not that he won two national championships. It's that he kept doing it. I mean, again, it bears repeating. A bad year, which is what Alabama fans think last year was, had 11 wins. We're going to get our first look into the long-term sustainability of Kirby Smart. It's been a weird offseason. Sadly, tragically, you had an accident that cost the life of a player. And yet, following that, players repeatedly keep getting pulled over slash arrested and cited for speeding violations after an accident like that. You've had reporting, albeit that Georgia denies very strongly, about the efforts to cover up and defend alleged Sexual misconduct. Like th- that that's what Kirby's had to deal with this offseason. On top of replacing a coordinator. A very good one, by the way. A coordinator, a quarterback, and the entire Philadelphia Eagles defense hmm. are, are gone from Athens this year. If, if Kirby Smart really is the next Nick Saban, then even with the bad schedule, this year's going to tell us a lot about sustainability there. I suspect it's going to go really well and they're going to win 11, 12 games, whatever, and be just fine, but weird offseason, lost a bunch of guys. We'll see if he's got Nick in him or not. And 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 Nick in him at Alabama is six national championships in 16 seasons. Worst record once that run started what was ten and three? Uh yeah, so they went ten and three in twenty ten. That that's have, his worst season. Has not won fewer than eleven games since. 
since 2010. Six titles in 16 seasons, 189 and 27 at Alabama, 109 and 18 in the SEC. And that include, excuse me, that includes some wins that they took away in that 2007 season, I think. Yeah, it does. So he's actually a couple of wins better overall and in the SEC than the record indicates. It's incredible. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We're going to switch off college football for a few minutes and talk with Luke Johnson about the Saints coming up next. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on a Friday afternoon. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Time for us to go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Luke Johnson joins us this afternoon. We're going to talk some uh, some New Orleans Saints. But first, Luke, I, I think congratulations are in order. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, thanks. It's a... Uh... I, uh, I am just coming off of uh, parental leave. Uh, my wife and I welcomed a baby daughter into the world in mid-May, so um, you know, it's, been, it's been really nice having some time to get to know her and some time uh, you know, away from the work and, and everything like that. So uh, very exciting times in the household over here. Very cool. Was, now, was that baby number one for you guys? Yeah, first one. Congratulations, man. As as a, a guy that's got two daughters wrapped around a son in the middle, I will tell you that there is absolutely nothing like a little girl, especially when she's your first. So yeah. that's, that's super cool, man. Yeah, thank you very much. It's it's been uh, it's been a blessing so far and I am just eager to see where it goes from here. I, I'm glad you got a couple of months with her because life's about to get busy, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I mean, you know, it, it was uh, you know, not planned, but uh, but we could not have had this baby at a better time because um, yeah, I got to miss a bunch of the bunch of the stuff that nobody really cares about in the summer, and then uh, in about you know, two weeks' time, it's going to be um, you know absolute pedal to the metal. So ready to get going around here. Yeah, so so had some OTAs. I, I would maybe argue that the biggest news that we've gotten at least in the last month or so is the uh, the Alvin Kamara news, although it's still not complete, right? Until we hear from the NFL. Uh-oh. Hey, hey, I, no, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Um, I, my, uh, my headphones uh, accidentally connected, and I just completely dropped the audio. So could, could you repeat that question, please? Yes, yes. I, I was just saying, you know, OTAs, they've been happening. Not a ton of news out of that. We did get the Alvin Kamara news a couple, I guess it was a week or so ago. And while it was good, I think we also still have to wait and see what the NFL does. When, when's that going to happen? Um, yeah, I, I would imagine it's going to happen. Uh, you know, minimum, um, minimum mid-August. Uh, I, I think they have to give them an opportunity to uh, to appeal any sort of decision 
that they have and, and let that appeals process go through before the start of the regular season. Um, and really before, like before that first official practice day of the regular season, right? Like the, the Monday before week one, um, cause that would be when he would be you know, asked to leave the facility for the duration of whatever sort of discipline the NFL is um, handing down to him. So at, at minimum, um, a couple of weeks before the start of the regular season, I'd, I'd expect a decision. And, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if we have uh, some sort of initial um, discipline come from the league before the start of training camp. But uh, honestly, like this is, um, you know, just in terms of Alvin Kamara and, and the Saints uh, for the 2023 season, the, the fact that, you know, he reached a plea deal in this. Um, I, I mean, he's not going to have to go out to Las Vegas for a trial, which he was going to have to do. Um, pretty much like two or three days after the start of training camp. Um, you know, this gives the NFL time to make the decision now and, and gives the Saints a little bit of advance notice. And, um, yeah, I think this is the best-case scenario for this sort of thing. Luke, is, is everything that was in the settlement all that transpired there? I mean, so, so, so you get the plea deal and the probation and the community service. And I, I think it was a hundred or $105,000 that he paid the guy who had initially asked for $10 million. Surely it didn't just go away for a hundred grand. Yeah. I don't know. As far as I know, that's all that's in it. But, uh, you know, you're, you're right. It does seem, um, you know, pretty light. Uh, seems like, like Camara got away, uh, you know, pretty light in the pocketbook on that one. Um, but, you know, as far as everything we know, um, you know, paid $100,000 for damages and, and, you know, public apology and all that stuff, um, which, if that's the case, uh, you know, plus some community service hours, yeah, I think, um, I think Alvin Kamara should be, should be feeling pretty lucky after that. Yeah, no, no question about that. All right. So, uh, tur- turning this toward Derek Carr, as you have, Maybe you had some time to think um, as you've been away and, and you've watched some things and heard people talking about what, what's it going to look like with Derek Carr at the quarterback spot? What What's the ceiling? Maybe what's the floor? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's, just, it's really tough to, to gauge this. I, you know, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. It's just it's really hard to, to, to know what you've got in somebody when, when they've just had the kind of the Raiders think on them for a long time. You know, I, I think we were making that same that same comment about Dennis Allen last year, right? Um, it's it's really hard to gauge, uh, you know, what he was like as a head coach based on based on parts of four seasons as as a head coach of the Raiders organization. Um, I think it's it's fair to even though you know, it wasn't a great first year for Dennis, it was his best year by far as a head coach, and he had a lot of hurdles to navigate, right? Um, and I think um, I think when you're looking at Derek Carr, you know, I, he's never put up these huge statistical numbers with the Raiders. But you know, I think you, you look at you know, he's played with a poor offensive line. Um, you know, I, I think you know, outside of a year or two here and there, you know, last year being one of them, he hasn't really had a lot of really great weapons around him. Um, you know, there's just been dysfunction constantly in that organization from a ownership standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a front office standpoint. I, I mean, I, I don't know how you ask a quarterback to be successful in that organization when you look at some of their like their draft history. It's just appalling, right? Um, so, 
you you look at him being a pretty good NFL quarterback playing for just disaster of an organization, you're like, okay, he put him into a good organization or one that has been a good organization in the last uh, you know, 15, 20 years. Maybe they get something more out of him. I, I think I'm optimistic that he's going to be a very good quarterback. I think easily the best quarterback in this division this year, even with the number one pick coming in, Bryce Young. And, um, yeah, I think he takes him to the playoffs. I think it's reasonable to expect that. But I, I also think there's, there's a, there's good reason to be, you know, just a, a little cautious with it because I, I don't think he's ever proven himself to be a true top level quarterback. Um, so it's just, it's, it's requiring a little projection. It depends on how optimistic you are. So, Luke, I, I would agree with you that he takes them to the playoffs. But I think he takes them to the playoffs as a function of the division there that they're in, not necessarily because of how good or bad he is. So last year, I mean, Tampa Bay wins the division below 500. All four teams in the division were, yeah, I mean, three at seven and ten, and then eight and nine. I'm pretty sure that was the worst division in football last year. I mean, maybe you want to make an argument that. The, the three teams that tied for second were mediocre, and so that doesn't make the division the worst. It, is it going to be any better this year? Yeah, I think it's going to be better. I, I think I think the Falcons and the Panthers would both be better. The Buccaneers would be worse. I don't think the Buccaneers are very good last year. I think the Saints are going to be a lot better this year. Um, look, I think the, the injury issues the last two years are really – really getting in the way of, of how good that team could have been. Yeah, I think they, they went yeah, they went seven and nine last year with, with you know a, a, like a, a journeyman quarterback, um, or seven and ten. Uh, you know, they they had a chance at the at winning the division late in the season. I know it was a bad division, but yeah, yeah and that was with that was with them missing all kinds of guys to injury. You know, guys you were counting on to be huge parts of that team. Um, I, I just don't yeah, it's it's really hard to see them having just the the atrocious injury luck for the third straight season. Yeah, you know, I'm knocking on all the wood I can around here, but um, yeah, it's got to be it's got to bounce in the right direction for them at some point. And I think some of this some of this stuff is going to be you know, regressing to the mean. I, I think their their turnover numbers last year were were really really key. I don't think they're going to be that bad. Um, yeah, I think they're going to have better quarterback play. I think they got better skill position depth. Um, yeah, the defense is a question mark, but I don't think their defense is going to have to be as good as it has been in the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to be better. I think the whole division is going to be better, and, and I, I think it's probably going to surprise some people. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Saints won 11 games this year. Um, you know, especially if Derek Carr plays up to my expectations. Well, what my uh, what one of the three of us has been beating the drum of 17 and 0, so he's going to be kind of disappointed <laughs> in you not being surprised if they win 11. But you know. Uh, he, I think playoffs would be okay with him. Also, talking to you, Brian. Hey, Dad. Luke. Yes, Luke. Luke, we appreciate your time. It's always good to catch up again. Congratulations on uh, on I'm sure a beautiful baby girl, and uh, we look forward to catching up soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, Luke Johnson from NOLA.com covers the Saints. Does a great job covering the Saints, and always kind to uh, spend some time with us. There you have it from the horse's mouth, all right? I don't want to hear any more of the Saints are going to be terrible BS. They're obviously going to be very good. That's a very objective and outstanding beat writer telling you so. That's six games below what you've predicted, but now tell me they're great. Tell, tell, keep telling me. 11 games in the playoffs, that's all you need. It's deserved. Chip in a chair. But his disdain for what the Raiders have done in the last decade is hilarious. <laughs>
the Raider stink of that organization. They're going to get the stink of the Raiders off of Derek Carr? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Always good to catch up with Luke Johnson, uh, especially on this Friday afternoon. We'll take a timeout. We'll pick up on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. I think you've heard of the team that we'll talk about today when we come back. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. South Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow along on all of their social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. Threads feels like it's going to die a very quick death, doesn't it, boys? I mean, all they got to do is do one thing. One thing, and then everybody would be on there, but they they seem to be refusing to do that. Just to make it chronological and make it only the people you follow. Oh, Instead of just having this 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 thing of randomness that's every day, I, I, I can't look at it because I just don't I don't care. Will that be the the piece of technology that came and went fastest in the last I don't know decade? Uh possibly. I mean, without without knowing a whole lot, yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything else that caused millions of people to immediately jump on board. And within one week, completely abandoned. Yeah. How long, how quickly did Quibi go away? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't jump on Quibi, though, so I don't know. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know that I would waste a whole lot of time following Visit Oxford on uh, threads, but if it turns into a viable thing and sticks around, then they'll be there, too. Uh, bottom line yeah. is you can uh, go to their website, check out the events page, see all the stuff that's coming up in Oxford as we get closer and closer to a busy fall Enjoy the last couple of uh, quiet weekends and then get ready to roll. Visit OxfordMS.com. Let's pick up the countdown. 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, Team number 51. It's like hearing gunfire. Stop. PTSD. No, no more. Yep, it's the Alabama Crimson Tide coming off, as Michael Borky said earlier today, an 11-2 season. Watery gravy. If a man starts the weekend, that's a shame. That if Alabama's fucking grit have rid her name in crimson flame. Fight on, fight on. That boy. Sounds I know like all every words. fourth quarter you I've ever been to in Tuscaloosa. Those two losses could have been five just as easily as it could have been zero. Mm hmm. Huh? Huh? Some of the great writing in musical score history for Bama's Pluck and Grit have writ her name in Crimson Flame. Or yeah. Fame. Crimson Fame. Ah. Yeah. 
I did an Flame interview today. Flame would be today cooler because they got the, the they've got the. Uh, the majorettes that, that twirl the flaming yeah. batons. It, it, it could be written in crimson flame, but anyway. I did an interview today with a guy from Western Michigan on the opponent preview thing, and he made, he made a comment about Alabama or something, and he was just like, I mean, we all know how much success they've had, and I was just like, dude, if anybody on the planet knows how much success Alabama's had, you're talking to them. All right. Let, let me tell you all about it. Let me it. tell you all about, all about them and their success. Oh, I just wish they would. Never stop. All right, so the two L's last year, Tennessee on the road, 52-49, LSU in overtime, 32-31. So, yes, very easily. Eh, not very yeah, – no, very easily. They could have won both of those games and been undefeated. However, yeah. if not for the Gumby-like attributes of Bryce Young, could have and should have lost at Texas. Yeah. Texas A&M with a shot into the end zone. Pretty bad play call. Could have lost that one. Hmm. Ole Miss with a throw into the end zone on the final play of regulation. Could have lost that one. Man, I don't think there's another quarter. Sure, say Caleb Williams if you want. Any lesser, by any degree, quarterback loses to Ole Miss that day. Bryce Young was a magician. Yeah. He was. A hurt magician, too. Wasn't even 100%. And he mm-hmm. was just... But they won 11. And they went 6-2. and two. Uh, They tied for first in the West, but LSU had the tiebreaker. And so LSU went to Atlanta for the championship game. There's a new defensive coordinator. There is a new offensive coordinator. There is a new starting quarterback. There is a new starting running back. There are at least two new starting wide receivers. There is a new starting tight end. And yet, there is a really good chance that Alabama will still be picked to win the SEC West. They might not. LSU might end up getting enough votes to to be picked to finish first. So the expectation is Tyler Buckner is going to be the starter. They went out and they got Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame after going out and getting Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator. I'm actually really intrigued to see what that offense looks like with Tommy Reese calling plays. I feel like Alabama, they're not going to go all the way back. But I feel like Alabama's offense is going to look more like it did when A.J. McCarron and Greg McElroy were playing quarterback than it has the last couple of years with Bryce Young and before that Tua Tonga-Vailoa playing quarterback. Everybody's got Alabama fatigue, but, man, they are a fascinating team. Because having Reese with Milrow would have been an odd fit, but then they bring in Buckner and you, you know one plus one equals two. But sometimes in sports, things happen in cycles, right? Everybody wanted to to run the spread, thanks in part to Mike Leach, and just throw the football everywhere, and then teams started running it a little bit again. In basketball, you had you needed to have a seven-foot center that you wanted to run your offense through, and then Steph Curry showed up, and everybody wanted to shoot threes, and then you realize that nobody can do it as good as Curry, so the mid-range game is back. And, and you know Things change in sports. They, they go in cycles. Is Alabama starting a trend where people are going to start going back to a more traditional offense with a more traditional quarterback, or is this going to fail? 
by their standards. They're never going to fail under Nick Saban. See, see the, the the thing for me is that I think Alabama is going to try to play to what they believe are their strengths. I don't think Nick Saban ever loved throwing it 35 or 40 times a game and playing a, a fast-paced style. And I think also he looked at Georgia winning a national championship and jo- Georgia didn't really do that. They huddled some, not a ton, but some. They played a more deliberate pace. They still ran the football, involved the tight end. Georgia has not been... By the way, this reminder that Mike Bobo is the offensive coordinator once again at Georgia. Yeah. It's the stupidest hire of the offseason. But it's going to work because dodged a bullet. I mean, I guess it's going to work. I guess. Anyway, um, Alabama's still really, really talented. But they're not as talented at quarterback as they have been for the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. I mean, at least in terms of athleticism, they've taken a, back, a step back right there. It feels like it. What a crossroads we are at. Because, again, they were a couple plays away from being undefeated last year, but it felt like they were closer to four losses than they were to zero. And did you see some weakness, a kink in the armor or whatever, a year ago to make you think that that might be who they are moving forward, or, or do these changes uh, inspire dominance again? I'm so fascinated by Alabama. Because for the first time, it doesn't feel inevitable. In a long time, anyway. I know they haven't won the West every single year, but it always felt inevitable. This time, every year it was, well, Alabama number one. Make Alabama a loss, because you're not beating them. Doesn't feel that way this year. But it also could very well be that we look up at the end of the year and we've got Alabama playing for a national championship. Of course. But it's not as it, it inevitable. It doesn't feel that way? It doesn't feel inevitable. It, it, you, th- you think it, it's it inevitable that Alabama wins the West and goes undefeated and doesn't lose oh, games? No, wins. You, you just said it doesn't feel inevitable that they're going to beat your team is how I took oh, that. And no, I, was I, like, I mean all of it. It kind of does. It kind of does. Well, State just needs to put a few touchdowns on the board against Alabama first. Yeah. <laughs> They've scored a few touchdowns on them. Three in the last five years. Do you realize that Alabama also on the defensive side, we were talking about losses on offense, but on the defensive side, not they right lost to think about it. their top five tacklers and seven of their top eight. They lost DeMarco Hellams with 108 tackles, Henry To'o mm-hmm. To'o with 94, Brian Branch with 90, Jordan Battle with 71, and Will Anderson with 51. Will Anderson also had 10 sacks. Now, Dallas Turner is a stud, and he is going to be a first-team All-SEC linebacker selection. But this Alabama team lost a lot from a year ago. We'll pick up the uh, conversation about Alabama on the other side of the break. 
we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. All right, so let's wrap up Alabama on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. They are team number 51. Nick Saban, in his 17th year as the head coach of the Crimson Tide, coming off the 11-2 and season. Tide opens with Middle Tennessee. Week two, that's a humdinger in T-Town. Texas rolling in on September 9th. I mean, We'll get to the game in a second, or or not. We'll we'll talk about that game that week. That atmosphere will be really, really good. Yeah. But it's probably... Say what? I was going to say, it should should be one of the the top games of the season. I mean, last year's game was surprisingly good. Yeah. This year's game, I think everybody expects it to be good. You know, Alabama's had a lot... They've had issues with crowds staying at games and fans getting bored and all that good stuff. Their home schedule's really good this year. This is the home schedule for Alabama. They, they got Middle Tennessee to start it, whatever, opening game of the year. Texas in Week 2, Ole Miss in Week 4, Arkansas on October 14th, Tennessee on October 21st, LSU on November 4th. Don't now, forget about the mocks. Yeah, I got Chattanooga coming in the week before the Iron Bowl. So two of their last three are on the road, and the one that's not is Chattanooga. But, you know, that's a pretty good home schedule if you're an Alabama fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any any schedule that has like a premier out of conference, because you know the conference games, you have good ones, you have bad ones. But when, you, when you've got a great out-of-conference game on your schedule, that's 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 a big plus. Agree or disagree? Ten wins with this schedule is more likely than twelve. Oh, strong agree. Yeah, strong. I f- agree. I, for some reason, I, th- I look I at think this gonna, and I think they're they're, they're losing two games. Now. I got them eleven and one. Who's the one? LSU. So you got to beat in Texas. Got to meet in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Ark, uh, they're not going to lose to Arkansas. But th- no. they didn't get many no. breaks scheduling-wise. They're in College Station after they're in Starkville. They are they got Tennessee after Arkansas. It's They have to go to Auburn. And, yes, they're going to be a lot more talented than Auburn. But still. No, I mean, the, well, I mean, the Iron Bowl is Rick, close. Richard has given us the stat. Exactly. When it's in Auburn, that game is is crazy. In Texas, what was five loss team last year? I get it, but there's continuity in Texas. Everything's the same. Getting Alabama in week two is really good for Texas because everything's not the same, and Middle Tennessee's not going to give them any kind of look that prepares them for a real game a week later. And I get it. It's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. They will be prepared, but. Any little edge is still an edge. Last 
three against Auburn in Tuscaloosa. They won 52-21, to they won 42-13, to and they won 49-27. The last two on the Plains, won 24-22 in four overtimes, lost 48-45. I mean, it's just, it's two different games. When it is at Bryant-Denny, it is a bloodletting and when it is on the plains, it is one for the ages. It's been like that way, been like that for about a decade, at least a yeah. decade. I mean, kick six, kick six was at Auburn. That's absolutely right. So there you go, Alabama team number fifty-one on the uh, countdown of one hundred teams in one hundred days. We've got a couple more teams we're going to try and squeeze in for you in the five o'clock hour. We also have the college football fix coming up. Need to talk a little bit about the uh, Tennessee Volunteers, not from a previewing the season standpoint, but their uh, their NCAA nightmare, I suppose, is finally over. And uh, if you were expecting justice, well, you... I, I, I'm not sure that Tennessee got off as light, as lightly as some people are making it out to be. It was more than a slap on a wrist. But, given... The things that Tennessee did, the blatancy with which they did them, the monetary value tied up in it, and the sheer number of violations, given all of that, maybe it was just kind of a slap on the wrist. We will talk about that coming up next with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit PearlRiverResort.com, Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon. We are back for the 5 o'clock hour and the college football fix right after this. in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, 5 o'clock hour on a Friday, and so I say to you, welcome to the weekend. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort. Pearl River Resort is the home of fun, especially during the summer when Geyser Falls Water Park is open. Check out geyserfalls.com for hours of operation and all the details. Great place to get away on a warm summer weekend. There's tons to do at Pearl River Resort. Whether you're looking for golf, gaming, maybe a poker tournament, great food, or the water park, they've got you covered. And, of course, there's live entertainment as well. All at Pearl River Resort. Learn more 
at PearlRiverResort.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more at ceasefire.com slash business. Let's jump into the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. So the, uh, the Tennessee Volunteers got their sanctions today from the National Collegiate Athletics Association. They avoided a bowl ban. Tennessee does not get a bowl ban after the NCAA Committee on Infractions found the program responsible for more than 200 individual violations, including 18 Level 1 violations. Former coach Jeremy Pruitt got a six-year show cause. The university is facing probation, vacated wins, whoop-de-doo, scholarship reductions, and... What are they paying? An $8 million fine, I believe it is. Now, Borky, I know that you put in the headline, mostly nothing. I just, I'm not sure that I agree with that, but I do think we need to talk about imbalance. Well, in the context of what they got caught doing, it's nothing. Hundreds is the word they used, violations. Hundreds of them. Yeah, over 200 violations with 18 level one violations. Tennessee is losing 28 scholarships over five years with at least two lost each season. Two loss per season in an era where your collective can pay the tuition for a kid that you want anyway. Mm -hmm. They won't won't even feel the scholarship loss in this era. They're well-funded. If they really want that 85th player... He'll get college for free. They lost some official visits. The NCAA cited exemplary cooperation as to why they were not hit with further penalties. Everybody's favorite term. Good gracious. All right. So make of that what you will. I actually called somebody today, and I said, I know this is a stupid question, and I know the answer to it. But I'm not sure it's as stupid. I've given it some thought. I said, I wonder if if Ole Miss could civilly sue the NCAA for arbitrary enforcement of penalties and handing down of sanctions. And the answer was, well, it's a volunteer organization. So, but it, but it wasn't like as dismissive an answer as I thought that I was going to get. Clearly, Ole Miss is not going to sue the NCAA. They're just glad to have it all in the rearview mirror. But, it, but here's what I did. So we're thinking about again, Tennessee, 200 individual violations, 18 level one. Jeremy Pruitt got a six-year show cause. But Tennessee got no postseason penalty. The postseason penalty is not a big deal for a team that goes eight and four and doesn't get to go to the Music City Bowl. 
Now, if you have like a great season and you miss out going on to the playoff, okay, it's a, a really big deal. The reason though the postseason is a big the postseason ban is a big deal is because if you are not eligible for the postseason, you don't get your share of postseason revenue from the Southeastern Conference. And in the case of Ole Miss, in the two years that they missed it, it was eight million dollars a year. They got half of that back after they went off of probation eventually and went five years with no other violations, or however long it was. So Tennessee does have a fine, and it's a big fine. It's an $8 million fine. Ole Miss got a two-year postseason ban. And, and I don't want this to be just about Ole Miss. Ole Miss self-imposed a two-year postseason ban. No, 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 no. Ole Miss self-imposed a one-year postseason ban, and the NCAA added on a second-year postseason ban. Is that correct? Yes, it's I was correct. Positive, they just all right. No, all this self-imposed a one-year postseason ban, and the NCAA added a second year. So I went back and pulled some of Mississippi State's issues as well, because I don't want this to sound like oh, Richard doing the Ole Miss thing. So Mississippi State for. The Willie Redman, Will, Will I said Willie Will Redman deal. Yeah. They got reduction of scholarships, fewer official visits, fewer off-campus recruiting visits. They self-imposed a bunch of that. There was a fine that was associated with it, and you had Angelo. Miranda get a one-year show cause. The total value that Will Redmond had to repay was $2,660. There was a booster that provided him with some clothes and a credit card and cash, and he secured a discount on a car. And you remember the big stink of it was that Miranda knew about it, but he didn't report it. And then he lied about it, and then he ultimately came clean about it. And he got fired as a result of it. I would argue that for one issue with one recruit, that's a pretty significant batch of penalties Mm -hmm. for for, for a single recruit issue. You want to go back a little farther? There was Kevin Fant. You remember the Kevin Fant story? He was home in Pascagoula. I forget it. He was home in Pascagoula and needed a new set of tires for his. Was it not Pascagoula? Moss Point. Yeah, but the issue happened in Pascagoula, I think. I think that was the case. He was just down on the coast, yeah. So, yeah, he was home on the coast, and he needed a new set of tires for his truck. And he couldn't get in touch with his parents. And he was in a hurry to get back to Starkville for something. And so he called a family friend and was like, Hey, would you mind paying for the tires? Just to hold them, mom's going to pay for them. And his friend did, but the friend was deemed to be a booster. The way Kevin Fant tells the story, as he was leaving the parking lot, his mother was pulling into the parking lot and has a cash receipt for the tires that she paid for. He was suspended for the season opener that year against Oregon. 
And Mississippi State self-reported that. I, I, I'm still not sure why exactly they even self-reported it. Did anybody else know about it, hey, Dad? I, I am, I've always been under the impression, and I'm not trying to start anything, but that there was a fan of, an, of a rival school that had some knowledge of it. Well, okay. So they reported it. Kevin Fant told Jackie Sherrill about it in August. Jackie Sherrill had some people do some digging to make sure that it actually was a violation. He finally told compliance about it the week of the season opener, and Kevin Fant was suspended for the season opener against Oregon. Come on, there's a finite amount of time that you have to play football. That was not worthy of a suspension, especially when his parents paid for the tires. But that's the way the NCAA, you know, it was a rule and it was broken. Well, nobody's using any common sense here, right? Well, we have Richard standing up for Mississippi State and NCAA violations. Go figure. The, the point is, the NCAA hands out penalties the way they want to, when they want to. You could argue that Ole Miss's NCAA case just happened five years too soon. Because there's no way that Ole Miss gets penalized now the way they got penalized a few years ago in the current environment. I say there's no way. I don't think there's any way they do. You you couldn't let, let's just say that Ole Miss and Tennessee had to appear before the exact same committee on infractions. Like you had the same committee on infractions hearing multiple cases. They couldn't look at those two cases side by side and give Tennessee the penalties they gave them when Ole Miss had fewer penalties, fewer violations, less monetary value, but oh, by the way, we're going to give them a stiffer penalty. It's crazy the way this thing works. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Message on the ceasefire text line. I didn't think the bowl band for Ole Miss mattered. Maybe my memory's bad, but I don't think they qualified for a bowl game those years. Not enough wins. Apologize if I'm wrong. Yeah, that wasn't the point about whether they qualified or not. The, the point it's was the wrong. Roster. Say what? It's also wrong. 2017, they would have been six and six and could have gone yeah, to a bowl. Yeah, yeah, they would have gone in, in 17. But the the point was, you lose out on all of the conference postseason revenue if you are not eligible to participate in a bowl, and that was the case for Ole Miss in consecutive years, and it was a lot of money. On top of all the money that they had to spend on legal fees and the process and everything else. So, anyway, we can we can let the NCAA thing go today. We can circle back to that if you guys would like. Thank you, Jinsaki. Um, who, by the way, turns out wasn't so bad at her job in comparison to what we've got now, but uh, whatever. <laughs> What's up, hey, Dad? Just Moving ease? on. What, what time is it? 520 I, on a Friday? It is time for a Food Friday presented by Polk's. And Polk's Meat. Polk'sMeat.com. That's their website. You can find great recipe ideas and the full lineup of available Polk's products that you can find at your local grocery store. Just look for that bright yellow label with the royal blue Polk's on it. Whether it's the... 
garlic and green onion sausage, or the original Cajun sausage, or some of their ham products, or the hot dogs, or whatever it is you're looking for. They have got you covered, and you're going to love it. Polk's meat. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. So the question is, what are you going to cook this weekend? It's a little bit of a short weekend for us because all three of us will leave on Sunday for Nashville. So you got Friday night, you got Saturday as your uh, your cooking options. I will tell you that when I go home, I'm going straight to the grill to light it. Got burgers going on the grill tonight. I've got a couple of packages of Polk's Cajun smoked sausage to go on the grill. Having a little bit of a, a movie night in the uh, the backyard tonight. Got the inflatable screen. Going to inflate that and pull the little projector out. I, I'm not sure what the final decision was on the on the movie, but um, I think the kids are excited about that. So that is that is the entirety of my cooking plan for the weekend. I'm not saying that we won't do something else. We, we do have some fish to cook. Um, it's in the freezer right now, but the the fish that we caught <clears throat> last week. In the Gulf, uh, I've got some. Uh, I've got six red snapper. Those are all filleted. Mm-hmm. Got some mahi mahi. Uh, so we might do some fish on on Saturday. Still not sure exactly how I want to prepare that though. Hmm. That's the, I, I mean, yeah, I say just do it on the grill and kind of prepare it the same way that I, I do that. salmon and roll with that. Yeah, or just you know, get buy go buy a seasoning blend that you you think looks good and go with that. Yeah, that, that a little lemon. Nothing wrong with that. Palm yeah. out. Probably cook them on foil since the skin is not on the fish; they're already filleted. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't want the the bottom edge to get burned, and try to make it not necessarily look like Lincoln Riley fish. <laughs> well, this is not going to be rare either. So uh, yes, I know, I know, I know, I uh, know. Yeah. All right. What are you guys cooking this weekend? You gonna do it, hey Dad? Nah. Even with even nah, with the, I don't know. no nothing. Because I got to go tomorrow as our as our catfish tour, so I, I got to leave around two o'clock, one thirty in the afternoon, and drive to Algoma to head up to uh, to Seafood Junction. So I, I got no time for cooking this weekend. All right, so, it's, so it is going to be an eating weekend, but not a cooking weekend. Very much so. Correct. Okay. Borky. Uh, you're going to be disappointed too. Not many cooking plans because of the aforementioned departure, uh, to Nashville. I've got a lot to do between now and Sunday, uh, around noon, but, uh, I've really, so I've been on this weird, like health kick lately, like I'm eating healthier and stuff. And part of what's been, sucks, doesn't it? It, it does, but like, I, I, I'm working out. Every day, and so I'm eating a lot of protein, and protein's better than like having to eat rabbit food every day. So working out, it, it sucks, doesn't it? it? Well, yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> but like three hours later, you feel good though. Like you, you know, your legs are like a little tired, and you're like, oh, I did something good today. So like the little mental boost of you know, I improved myself is is nice. But I've been eating a lot of eggs. Eggs are just so high in protein, low in calorie, really good to eat. And I've started. Uh, making omelets, and tomorrow, little guy and I are going to have some omelets. I've got polks in the fridge. I- I'm going to make these unhealthy ones, though. You know, sausage and bacon, and I- I'm going to put uh, a little feta cheese in mine. I like that. I know that sounds weird, bacon and feta, but I think it's an no, awesome combination. Feta is good. Um, and-, and mushrooms. Cheese is and- cheese. Once it's melted, 
Yeah. It, it's all the same. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I'll be making omelets tomorrow, and then everything else. Like you and I are going for pizza tonight. Like we're we're, we're just gonna have other people make the food for me because again, I have a lot to do. But uh, omelets tomorrow morning with Polk's Cajun. I, I still use Cajun sausage in the morning. Right. It's the best. And so yeah, I am cooking some pork chops tonight, but that's just on the stove. It's nothing special happening there. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how you Jane started, and, and I may have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but a few times lately, she's done some some thin, like thin cut pork tro- chops in like rice with cream of mushroom soup on it, and yeah, it just do good. it in the oven. It, it's almost like a rice pork well, chop one pot casserole. Meal. It's so good, yeah, so good, yeah. Um, all right, what do we? I'm going to go couscous for my starch tonight. So. A huge couscous guy. I'm mean, fine. I love I'll couscous. You know what's great? Pick it though. Risotto. Mm. Well, that's that's too much. That's too many calories. Though. Yeah, I love risotto. Don't get me wrong, but man, risotto. Yeah, you know, we're trying to. It's all about keeping the calories down. Yeah, man. Load it down with uh, um, with as much Parmesan cheese and butter cheese as you can put in it. Butter yeah. And, yeah. and mushrooms and <laughs> oh man, sounds great. It is. Would love to eat it. Pork tenderloin sliders on Hawaiian rolls. That is on the ceasefire text line. That's really good. We, we do, we've done that That'd a lot. Cool. Just because of a convenience deal, like we'll do the hot ham and cheese or the hot turkey and cheese sliders, where you just get a package mm-hmm. of like the, the 12 Hawaiian rolls and slice them, um, You know, put your meat and your cheese on it and drizzle or kind of rub a little butter on top of it as well. It's just yeah. it's, it's good and easy and usually you can get a couple of meals out of it. Uh, here we go. The wife is cooking Delta fried catfish with fried green tomatoes and seafood gumbo tonight. Ooh. That is from Johnny in Greenwood. Living right? No doubt. No doubt. You can send us your food plans for the weekend on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Nine five. Remind you that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can uh, find, uh, again, their website, genteelapparel.com. Their fall stuff is starting to come in. So some new stripe patterns, and they've got some new prints that are going to be available in just the next couple of weeks as well. Be sure to try out the uh, the Clubhouse Collection pants. Um, they are the soft, lightweight, five-pocket pants that are versatile and look good. They've got some new colors that are available in those as well. Uh, you'll absolutely love them. The shorts are great. And, of course, the uh, collegiate collection from Genteel. Get your old Miss stuff, your Mississippi State stuff. I, I stopped by their uh, embroidery shop today, and they were working on uh, a bunch of Texas A&M stuff that was going out. They had some Auburn golf shirts that had been printed up and were about to be shipped out as well. So uh, tons of stuff this time of year on the collegiate side from Genteel. Paul in Starkville, tater tot casserole, butter beans, and garlic bread. Okay. okay. All right. You see this one a little further down for Alex and Tupelo? Smoked oxtails. Oh. With oh, a picture. That looks excellent. Yeah. That looks outstanding. Oxtail is like a trendy thing now, isn't it? A lot of people are making it. Is. It is. It's one of those things that used to be really cheap, and now everybody wants to make it, so it's not cheap anymore. Like the, kale. 
The, yeah. the last picture that we got from uh, Alex prior to the oxtail dish was that crawfish mm-hmm. boudin king cake, which looks so good. Oh, we need, to, we need to get Alex in Tupelo to some remotes or something. We we got we got to do a remote in Tupelo. Get something going. Mike and Laurel's doing New York strip steak and some Polk's Cajun smoked sausage on the grill. Well done. Good for you. Um, hmm. Buffalo chicken sliders with homemade ranch dip right out Ooh. of the oven. Top it with butter. Yeah. That's Jim in Caledonia. Very good. Whatever your cooking plans are, make sure they include polks, whether it's the Cajun smoked sausage, the garlic and green onion, the regular smoked sausage, whatever it is that you like, be sure to pick up a package the next time you stop by the grocery store. Also, I've been telling you for good grief, two-plus years now about the uh, the ham sliders, the, uh, the, the ham that's cut to the size of biscuits, makes breakfast on Saturday or Sunday morning really, really easy. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick polks. We'll take a timeout. We're back with you. Half an hour left on this Friday, Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. For a new Ford truck, look no further than Belt Ford in Oxford. They're located on Highway 6 West, just west of the Jackson Avenue Highway 6 interchange. They've got a great selection. I pulled through the lot just a couple of days ago, and uh, they've got a couple of uh, the Ford Lightning trucks that are out there. If uh, if that is something that interests you, they've got a brand-new white Ford F-150 Lariat that is beautiful. Uh, they've got a couple of... There is a, um, I can't remember, I think it's the Heritage Edition F-150. If you think back to the F-150s from the 1970s into the early 80s, you, you had the two-tone paint scheme, right, where you would have, like, the hood of the truck was, was one color, and then the side panels were a different color, and then down at the bottom, and, like, on top of the cab, you would have the color that, that matched with, you know, one of one of the others. Well, Ford has come back and done that, and they've got a couple of the Heritage Edition trucks. There's one that's blue and dark gray, really cool looking. So a really good selection at uh, Belk Ford. They've got good interest rates that are available. If uh, if that is important to you, you can check that out. They will treat you like family. Belk has been a Ford dealership since 1961, and so they've got plenty of experience. They're a family-owned company, and they'll treat you like family when you walk through the door. Not going to try and shove a vehicle down your throat that you don't want. Not going to try to make you buy something that you can't afford. They're going to work with you to get you in the vehicle that you want and that you need, and they will take care of you. Tell them we sent you Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, just up the hill from them as well if you're looking for a Toyota vehicle on Highway 6 West in Oxford or online at BelkFord.net. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, kind of back to where we started the show today. 
storylines for SEC media days. We haven't gotten all the way through the teams, and that's okay if we don't get to everybody. So let's grab a couple of the, the, the teams that are, are really interesting. Mississippi State. What what What's the what's dominant storyline this week for Mississippi State at SEC media days? That they're going to be picked last in the West, despite the fact that they return a ton of starters and experience and production from a top 29-win team a season ago, including their starting quarterback, who's the most experienced quarterback in the conference. Eight returning starters on offense? That sounds right. Yes. Will Rogers, Cody Marks, Tulu Griffin, if you want to put him in that category, Justin Robinson, Xavier Thomas, Cole Smith, Nick Jones. Mm -hmm. Who else? Cam Jones. Travis Johnson. Is he new? Dollar Bill. Dollar Bill. Yeah, that's that's, it. When they put these real names. Yeah. Yeah. You asked for the the dominating storyline, though. The, the truth is, it's going to be Mike Leach. That that will be the I, that will be I'm the prevailing storyline, uh, and maybe not I'm necessarily. If the conference does anything for that, do they start us off with like a moment of silence? You think? I hope so. Something. I mean, because I think there'll, there'll be some sort of tribute. Yeah, he, he would be there if if not for the yeah. the tragic. Drake he will recognize him in his opening remarks. I would think we. We, we're we're, we're going to miss this. All right, I got no time for opening statements. Let's go. We're, yeah. we're going to miss it. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I I was wondering if if Kiffin would do that. It's like, hey, I miss my pal, so I'm going to do what he would do up here. Might, and, um, Arnett might do it. He might say, in tribute to Coach Leach, I got no opening statements, so let's go. I That would be cool. That would be really cool. But th- yeah. that, that's what it's going to be about, and not necessarily – uh, in, in memoriam, although you are going to see some of that, it's what is the program like now that he has laid to rest? What What is Mississippi State football after Mike Leach? That will be the prevailing conversation. That will be what Will Rogers has asked. Every interview, every basically every question that he has is going to be centered around Barbe versus Leach and, and stuff like that. Zach Arnett's going to be asked about Taking over a pro that that's going to be the prevailing thing is is the old pirate. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was thinking along the same lines. I mean, the the biggest storyline for Mississippi State is going to be the transition from Mike Leach to uh, to Zach Arnett, who is going to make mm-hmm. his full time head coaching debut when uh, State opens up against Southeastern Louisiana on September second. What uh, what is it for Ole Miss? The prevailing storyline is is going to be who starts at quarterback. I know that yeah. that that there's an assumption of who it's going to be, and and we've talked all off season about that. It's but, but <laughs> newsflash: Jackson Dart. Just but, but the head coach of Ole Miss football is going to stand behind multiple podiums and sit. Well, he may not do a single radio interview except for ours, uh, depending on what kind of mood he's in. But. Um, and even that will be a little bit different than most, but um, he's going to stand up at the podium and say there's competition. I would be shocked, truly, I will be shocked if on Thursday Lynn Kiffin says Jackson's my guy. I, I will be truly no, shocked. No, he's not going to say that. 
So that's going to be the prevailing thing is who's going to play quarterback at Ole Miss. And, and I imagine the coach is going to play into it because you don't pay, excuse me, you don't um, bring in a guy like Spencer Sanders and, unless you're going to use him for competition, if nothing else. Um, Secondary is Pete Golding. That, that, that's that's storyline number two. Number one is going to be quarterbacks because it's the easiest. But number two is Pete Golding. You fired Chris Partridge. You paid his buyout. You bring Pete Golding in from Alabama. Can he turn the defense around that let them down at many spots last season? Not only did you fire Partridge and pay his buyout, you had to pay a buyout to get Pete Golding away from Alabama. There was a buyout there. Before you rolled with a, what, a three-year contract for the defensive coordinator at north of $2 million a year? Big commitment on the defensive side of the ball. I did an interview with some guys in, in Huntsville earlier this week, and they asked about expectations from Ole Miss fans, and I said, look, I, I, was like, I get that there are people that are in your listening audience that are Alabama fans or Auburn fans that may roll their eyes about me saying that it is altogether fair and right for Ole Miss fans to have increased expectations. But I stand by that. And I don't think you guys disagree with me either. When you're paying your head coach $9 million, you're paying your defensive coordinator well over $2 million on a multi-year deal, you have committed in the NIL space the way Ole Miss fans have committed, it's perfectly reasonable to have your expectations raised. If if everything you are spending is in a top 10, top 15 national category, then it's not wrong to expect results that coincide with that. Not at all. You know, I agree. will those results be produced? I, I don't know. But I, I certainly think it's so, uh, fair for Ole Miss fans to expect that. Um, what about Arkansas? Because I'm, yeah, I, didn't I, interview. I think Arkansas is a really fascinating football team. I did an interview with uh, John Neighbors from 103.7 The Buzz this week, and he, yeah. he made a really good point that I hadn't really considered. He said, you know, because I was asking about Pittman and what does this year mean for him, he's like, Arkansas fans are going to say this. They're going to say, if he can't win this year when he has Jefferson and Sanders, what's he going to do next year? So I, I think this is a really big year for Arkansas, and I don't really know how equipped they are to, to produce a big year. The non-conference schedule for Arkansas includes BYU. That's the most difficult in the non-conference. They should go 4-0 in the non-conference. Western Carolina, they Kent should. State, BYU, and FIU. Oof. They should go undefeated. Is this an Arkansas team where anything less than eight wins is a disappointment? Given what you just said, given that they've got one well, of I mean, the two or three best running backs way, but, in the league and one of the two best running backs in the league. I mean, it feels like that way, but I don't think they're going to be that good because I don't know what they're going to be defensively. I don't think they're going to be very good defensively. Yeah. Only, let's see, they've got six starters returning on the defensive side. But look, I mean, they lost Drew Sanders and his 103 tackles. Bumper pool and his 92 tackles. Simeon Blair and his 73 tackles. That's a lot of production on that side from guys that have played a lot of football for the Razorbacks. Hmm. Tennessee. 
I mean, is this is this just Joe Milton the third for five solid hours? Yep. I'm glad they're bringing him. He'll be a spectacle, man. I mean, the scrum that's going to follow that guy is going to be like a... Yeah, it's going to be huge. Joe Milton, right now, is, you know, you don't know what you've got. When we get to the end of the season, he could be 1-1 in the NFL draft. Physically, he has those kind of talents. It's just about putting putting them into practice. I saw a headline the other day that said uh, Joe Milton could be the next Anthony Richardson. And is that a good thing? Because <laughs> he's going to lose to Vanderbilt Anthony if that's Ri- the case. Could be Anthony Richardson with uh, with Bryce Young results though. Joe Milton the third is six five, two hundred forty two pounds. Every bit of both of those numbers too. Mm-hmm. He's a specimen. Absolutely is. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you for the week coming up next. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. you on Sports Talk Mississippi one last time. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. We'll start uh, in the show the same way that we began the show, and that's by thanking you for all of your generosity yesterday with the Palmer Home for Children Radiothon, a success by just every measurable metric. Um, still getting the final, final, final number, but when we all went off the air yesterday, we were uh, we were just short of three hundred sixty eight thousand dollars, so just a little little below three seventy. Um, just an incredible day for uh, for the work that goes on at Palmer Home for for those children. Uh, and we again thank you for your generosity. Major League Baseball gets uh, back rolling tonight. Haydad's Giants are taking on the Pirates, so an early start for the G Men on the East Coast. Dodgers and Mets. That's kind of a fun series, although the Dodgers are a good bit better than the uh, the Mets are. White Sox are at the Braves, Atlanta 60-29 and 29 at the All-Star break. The Yankees head west to Colorado to start their second half of the season. Um, just a quick peek at the big league standings as we, uh, we go to the second half, and most everybody's played more than half of their games at this point. Tampa Bay leading the American League East by two games over Baltimore. Then it's the Blue Jays, then the Yankees, then the Red Sox. Cleveland is in front in the American League Central. The Texas Rangers leading the American League West two games in front of the Astros. In the National League, 60-29. and 29, The Braves eight and a half games in front of the Marlins, and they are 18 and a half in front of the fourth-place Mets. Cincinnati leading the NL Central, one game in front of the Brewers, seven in front of the Cubs, eight and a half in front of the Cardinals, and uh, Haydad's nemesis, Los Angeles Dodgers, tied with the Diamondbacks atop the National League West. Giants are in it, though, just two and a half back as we start the second half. Uh, so are, are you going to engage a little deeper with the Giants in the second half for as long as they're in the uh, I've been keep. I've been race? keeping up. Okay. I've been keeping up. I got gotcha. you. 
I got you. I think that's the most Major League Baseball we've talked since opening day. May very well be, yeah. No, we had that day of Otani talk that got 20,000 views on YouTube. Huh. Just random. Just I, I cut us talking about Otani's contract and did, did numbers on YouTube, apparently. Okay. It's, uh, that, that is noted. Uh, but, hey, speaking of Otani, a, a report came out that uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are now taking trade offers. Which, you know, they're still in the playoff hunt, and so maybe they'd, they would be stupid not to. Get you're something new, for him staying, or, or so get, get nothing yeah. for him. Take your pick. Yeah, because he's not going to be there next year. No. Although this might be your one opportunity. Where, where are the Angels in the standings? Uh, I close that out. Let's see. Can the Angels make the playoffs? They can. They're like three back of the wild card last I looked. Hmm. And they're seven back in their division. Let's see. I got the wild card standings right here. Five back. Yeah. Five back of the third wild card spot. So you got you got to get something for him, and you can get so much for him. I, I mean, you, you can set up a bidding You can get enough to put the, you back in it. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you can get You could Cubs, lose your best player and somehow improve. If you're the Braves, do you get involved? Yep. Yes. But in, if, in, if, in if a you're trade, a baseball though, not team, agency, you get involved. Not in free agency, in a trade. No. Yeah, they've got prospects. They've got guys that, that are worth dealing. You're the Angels. Are you taking only prospects? Buddy, no, but you, buddy you, I'm losing two players you here. Players. You're going to give me give me somebody in your lineup. Yeah, you can do that. Um, Andy Staples had this note earlier this week. There is a strong possibility that 23 quarterbacks will start for Power 5 schools that played at a different college last year. 23. Out of, what is it, 64? Yes. Well, it keeps expanding. It's probably more now. It's like 68 or whatever. But yeah. And that's last year. That's not transfer quarterbacks. That is played for a different college last year. Yeah. And how many in the SEC? You got Devin Leary at Kentucky. You got Mm -hmm. Tyler Buckner at Alabama. Mm-hmm. You, you got, got the Peyton Thorne at Auburn. Auburn. Peyton Thorne. Yeah. You uh, might have one at Missouri. Possibly at Missouri. Florida. Yeah. Florida. Graham Mertz, um, I guess. Off chance. Yeah. Off chance at Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah. Chance. Oh, come on. Hey. Hey. Come on. Lade Kiffin and his $9 million is going to stand behind the podium and tell you that it is neck and neck. Yeah. yeah. He's going to. So that, that's your group there. So five, six of them in the SEC. Hey, thanks for being with us this week. It's been a fun week. We will return with you on Monday from Nashville, Tennessee, for 2023's SEC kickoff. It's media days from the uh, what is it, the Grand Hyatt right there on Broadway. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Good night. 
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.